2: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today.
1: Hello and welcome to another transfer podcast on Anfield Index Pro. You know me, I'm Trev Downey. You know I am. He's Dave Davis. Or we're back again because we never really leave you because we just love doing this show. Even though I have to say, Young Dave is being very, uh, very harsh in his commentary and the old WhatsApp there talking outside, of, talking outside the school. He's he's quite the quite the slag merchant. Uh, but anyway, I forgive him because he's a good lad. Dave, how are you?
0: Yeah, looking forward to this, mate. And at least I'm consistent. I am harsh behind your back and to your face at the same time. So consistency is the name of the game, eh?
1: It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. I do like that. Let's have a look at what we've, what you've lined up for us today. And listen, I'm just going to get out of the way at the start and say, Hey, Liverpool fans, forget about it. (laughs) So, you know, I know you want something, lads. I know that's why you're tuned in mainly to hear what that we're going to sign 89 players who don't really have anything of, uh, Massive, massive uh, certainty for anybody. And if... Even if we did, the manager's pouring the coldest of cold water over everything. You'll have been watching closely, Dave, as he did his recent presser. Um, and in those pressers, he likes to, uh, I think, sometimes talk sense and sometimes just drop all sorts of clangers left, right and centre. I don't know with smokescreen. I think he just likes actually messing with the press at times. Certainly, you don't want to trust Klopp injuries or durations or time periods or anything like that. But of course, what everyone's curious about is because in the wake of the recent injuries, even the Alexis McAllister one put a lot of uh, fear into people. I had no concept of how bad that was until uh, we heard about it some days later. Um, but people are mad to hear that we are going to plug some gaps in the squad uh, a lot of people you and I work with on this channel have been making an assumption that we would do something around that whole area of DM and uh, a lot of people there are thinking that you know the injury to Joel Matip means we should really go and do something in defence as well but no such uh, information coming from our man Kloppo, talk us through what he said, the nuance as as I said, you you watch them, so you get to see how he says it as well as what he says, and there's a, that's a really important little aspect of it.
0: Yeah, in the uh, in the quieter words of Joan of Arc, Trev, it's gone to shit for most people, really, in all honesty. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to to really bring a positive. That I, I know this is gonna be desperate to jump on and think, you know, give me something, but. It was the final question at his Crystal Palace presser and it was asked by his good old friend James Pierce. who we know James. Listen, people jump on these things. It was a good question, it was fair, and it was right to ask it about transfers, Joel Matic, would he go into the market, etc. He was snippy, Trev. He was snippy. There's no two ways about it. Saying you know, I don't know your obsession with transfers over these years and why you're obsessed with them. They were really sort of distinct quotes and in this long ramble of an answer for me, he even talked about the four he's got. So we've got Pernate, Gomez, Van Dyke, Kwanzaa, you know, that's a good four. And, and probably the key phrase that I latched onto, if we can, we can keep going with these for the season. Now, I think that's a pretty distinct phrase. People may see it differently. And I know exactly as you said, people are like, Joel Matthews injured. that we've got to. It's mandatory now. You know, that's the minimum. We've got to step in for a centre-back. The journos, David Lynch said it. We did Media Matters this week. The vibe that when we're asking, when we're flashing, harassing people to sort of get that take is there's nothing imminent and all the sort of sounds coming out of the club, if you want to put it that way, are unless something more happens in a negative space, the suggestion is they'll go with what they've got. And there's always the glimmer of hope in terms of uh, people say, oh, there's a, a Diaz or a Gapo a situational move in that type of thing. And that is very true, Trev. That is always possible. We should always have that hope. The other thing to remember, though, at the same time is Gappo United moving for him, pressed us into that. Diaz, Tottenham moving for him, pressed us into that. And Porto's financial situation as well. So There was a very specific trigger event, as I'll call it. So, yes, there may always be an opportunity, but we know Klopp's not necessarily a fan of the January and everything he kind of took from that. What the journals are saying to us when we're asking, I'm not gearing up for a busy January, put it that way.
1: Yeah I mean that seems to be very much the case. Um you don't have to read between the lines. He he's being very clear about it. And yeah, if if my uh assertion that he's occasionally uh less than truthful is to be believed then perhaps there's going to be a, a rabbit out of a hat as you say. Who knows what could happen there. I noticed you did... Oh, by the way, one other thing. When he was listing off the players, and again, I apologize, I haven't seen the press conference. When he was listing off the players that we have, uh, that was eerily reminiscent of when he was sitting there re- re- reading off all the midfielders yeah. that we had. Like, what do you want? Um And then to qualify it a little bit, you know, that we hope to g- what was the phrase we want to go if, if we can go on with those four what was the phrase there they used uh, yeah if we can go
0: on for the season with those four we will right. i a e. no injuries, yeah. No injuries.
1: Okay. yeah 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 okay uh, I'm going to throw one other little googly at you here because I noticed you haven't lo- left it in so you're not going to like this one I just want you to address it because people are going to be talking about it all week uh Paulina or Paulina however people pronounce it uh it was a story that came from nowhere, grew some legs, ran all over Twitter, uh, and now is. I think out there in a way that every story that is put out there, then just it, some people assume it to be a thing going forward. There was lots of people coming out saying that is not a thing. Some of the better known journalists say that is not a thing. I know you've probably dealt with it on your other shows, but for the people who only listen to their transfer content on this one, just talk us through what's the definitive take on that.
0: Yeah, a definitive no, to be honest, Trevor. And like you said, the uh, the recognised patch journalists have all now written on this with it's a no. And there was a few interesting quotes that that they had in the various articles. But probably the one that struck me was as one quote little Liverpool saw we signed a 30 year old in the summer which is against the normal standard on Jürgen Say so if you think they're going to fork out big money for a 28 year old now another in the same position you're living in cloud cuckoo land type of thing so I would bet solid money he does not end up at Liverpool put it that way
1: yeah yeah again it's just good to hear you a spell out for me because again I think some people need to hear that and maybe sometimes miss the, miss the various things on Twitter it's amazing what you can miss if you just tune in sporadically now there is another name that was going around, and this is a, a French name, um, Mr. Lacroix, yeah. uh, and he has been uh, heavily linked, and again, I've seen sensible people say, this could really be a thing, it might work out in terms of his Contract and his availability. There's a lot going on here. So, I might get you, if you wouldn't mind, to walk us through this one because apparently it ties in a little bit with who we have available at our own club in terms of backup, connor Bradley being a name that springs to mind. So, talk to us about Lacroix.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Maxine Lacroix, Wolfsburg, centre half, like you said, French international Wolfsburg. So, people probably triggered by it to say, oh, Schmacker's old club. Naturally, so there's that link there. And it was John Cross in the mirror wrote about it, Trev, saying Liverpool are looking at this guy distinctly as a replacement for Joel Matty. But in a way, it's probably the first sort of actual name we've heard in recent periods, hasn't it? So that sort of came to the fore. However, it was quickly shot down by a few sources. So even David Lynch, when we did Media Matters, said no, that, you know, in Chats, that there's nothing they're getting from the club. And actually, to mention, like I say, Connor Bradley is a name you've mentioned, that to reinforce where Liverpool stand. Conor Bradley very recently assigned a long-term renewal, so he can play right back. So obviously, you know, a cover is an option for Trent. It's just been really unfortunate with injuries having had a a breakthrough season at Bolton last year. But the fact he's now back and up to speed in the first-team squad means Joe Gomez is now not the only right-back alternative, which also means Joe Gomez can actually cover centre half so the fact he's renewed he's back up and running Robbo is not that far away we're told so obviously he's going to come back soon as well so Jan time yeah this just added to the weight to sort of put a big cross I'm afraid next to LaCroix's name for this time
1: I love uh, how you've um, decided to refer to him as Maxine. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that. I think Maxence would be disgusted with us, but I'm, I'm hanging on to Maxine. I like it a lot, <laughs> especially now we're not getting them. Uh, the other thing, of course, that you, you, you haven't mentioned here, Dave, and it's, uh, I, I'm, 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 surprised at you, my friend, uh, that you haven't made a whole paragraph about the fact that, wait for it, Uh Tiago is going to be like a new signing, isn't he, Dave? So that's exciting, isn't it?
0: Not real. It's not real, Trev. It's like <laughs> no. it's just a few days, isn't it? So <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'd like to hear you do that full McConaughey someday. Uh, Carvalho. Uh, it's been a very unsuccessful loan for him at uh, Leipzig. Um, it's about time that someone sort of walked over to it and um, put put it out of its misery it seems as if that's going to be the case um, so let's talk briefly about that and if you can segue out of the Carvalho thing and into some Kanate chat which uh I really i am curious as to what's going on here. Uh, a French outlet and Canate, an interesting little angle on this one. But Carvalho first and then Big Eboo.
0: Oh, Listeners, we are about to go on an adventure and a half through this one. So, yeah, Carvalho, it, it, I mean, it's been a disaster, hasn't it, Trev? Less than 300 minutes played for Red Bull Leipzig. And then the most interesting thing in all this, he's been named in their starting lineup for the Champions League tonight. But that aside, it actually comes out today from good old Fabrizio Romano, doesn't he, saying that Liverpool are looking at recalling him. And now all the patch journalists have written to say, yes, Liverpool are in initial discussions to sort of how that will work, which prompts a lot of questions then, doesn't it? Is Is—is he coming to us to go back on loan? Could we use him? All those types of things. Now... The key denominator in this for Carvalho's future is, A, can they do a deal like a severance, if you want to call it that, with Red Bull? What does that look like? No one's fully sure. And the other side is, Trev, that if Liverpool did register him, we don't think they did, but no one's a thousand percent certain, so to speak. If, if we did register him this season, he cannot go to another club. However, if we didn't, if he just went out to Red Bull, then he can go to a second club and turn around on a loan. No problem at all. So there's that to sort of come. That will probably develop over the next week or so. Canate, this is bizarre. There's a, a French publication. Obviously, you know, I love to murder names, my authentic French accents and descriptions on the back of Maxine. So I think it's pronounced Le Sport. 10. Wrote to say, you know, we've opened talks with him over renewal and extension. No one else has got this, by the way. So we don't think it's just a random... French Outlet has got this, but no one else has got this. So either it's their best scoop ever in Liverpool terms or that's probably where we're steering towards. I'm not sure right now to put a massive amount of stock because they're the only ones who are saying it. There's zero corroboration. And now, Trev, here comes in true, because I'm keeping with the French vibe, the pièce de la résistance for this evening. The year is 2067. Liverpool manager for 20 years, has just signed Daniel Agger Jr. from Bromby. He is now deciding what to do with a 67-year-old Nat Phillips and a 62-year-old Rhys Williams, because this is a possible reality, Trev, that Nat Phillips's loan with Celtic is coming to an end. It's been, pretty much as one Celtic fan put it, an unmitigated disaster. In fact, he's played about seven or eight games, Trevor, and he scored an own goal at the weekend. That's how good it's been. Rhys Williams has played practically zero minutes for Aberdeen this season, also in the SPL as well. Maybe a French with a Scottish twist, shall we say. The expectation is they are coming back to Liverpool. People are now going to freak out and go, oh, my God, they're the new signings, aren't they? They're the cover. I don't know that. I'm not saying that unequivocally. However, in Groundhog Day news, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips in January are expected. More likely with Nat, because this is a natural end of his loan. Reese, again, similar to Carvalho, there's talk of looking at the best options, but don't be surprised if two familiar faces are back at Anfield for who knows how long Trev? Maybe till twenty sixty seven. I just don't know with those two anymore. We'll see. Eh?
1: Oh, it's grim, Dave, isn't it? It's grim for the lads. You know, you gotta, you gotta feel sorry for them. You would have thought that Reese Williams would. Be okay at that level and, you know, settle in and maybe make an adjustment and have a decent career. You would have thought now, Phillips, certainly that when we saw him as best for us would be able to play at that level. But, um, I don't know whether it says a little bit more about the SPL than I was willing to give credit for, or whether it says a little bit about the lads and their inability to adapt, but it's a sad story. Uh, and if that is the case, but for the record, if that is the case and the two lads return and we're told they're staying and uh, Carvalho returns and we're told he's staying and Thiago's like a new signing, I think we should just call, this, call a halt to this show for the entire transfer window or at least the Liverpool section of it because the rest of them will keep us entertained. Uh, no doubt. And that's exactly where we're going to go next uh, to talk about uh, the other clubs. Just one thing. Do you ever hear anything? You mentioned Ibu Ibu Kanate. Every time I read an in-depth article about Kanati, there's some freaking reference to PSG. And I always wonder, if he ended up having an extended period of excellence in our team, is that a potential thing that he would want to do with his career? Or do you think it's more likely because he seems very happy and lively, it's more likely that if we go well, he, he's not going to look at PSG until perhaps maybe move there for 29, 30, that kind of age, perhaps you know, a final move, final big move or something like that. Do, do, you, do you hear about this? Because, I mean, you, you have your earth the ground all these kind of player links. PSG is always being mentioned with Canadi as his child of favour, et cetera, et cetera.
2: and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
0: It's a good question, and to be fair, I'd kind of it, because you're right, it's a few interviews It's come up now mm. as well, so naturally, I was like, as I do, ask, harass, sort of get an insight. And the thing that was mentioned by a few people, and again, it's, it's kind of sounding like I'm covering my bases here, but just to be clear, that the key theme was lost in translation a little bit on certain mm. things that you know, there is an affinity because of obviously family, where he's from and all those types of things. But as people had reported, he's not said, oh, I'm you know, PSG is the goal for me, the ultimate thing type of thing. He's just mentioned that affinity and... Particularly in one interview he was can kind of asked, and this is giving me a chance to proper butcher the French language tonight, isn't it? But for Canal Plus, where he did the interview for it, it was as they played the full interview. The reporter asked him your affinity you know, your affinity towards PSG, this and that, as in a leading question, Tred, rather than he's just prompted it, that type of thing. So it was along the lines of, Yeah, PSG's a club, I like I like and family and all this. So it's not like he's just said it randomly he's been led down there so yeah I'm kind of I'm not really worried about it and obviously PSG tends to be a mess a little bit anyway so whether they'll ever get their strategy right so I think it's more a bit lost in translation a bit being led there but yeah not 100% certain I wouldn't pretend at the same time
1: yeah it's, it's it's interesting I'm glad I wasn't making that up it's good, it's good to hear that yeah. you had actually heard that elsewhere and, and asked the question too right let's go around the Premier League houses now we'll start with Geordie Town and go to Newcastle and the De Gea link is one that I found very interesting that is very very much something that you could potentially see happening uh, still a, a high stock in the game you would imagine um But there's also some uh, Arsenal connection there that I want you to speak about and anything else that's going on around Newcastle. Because, again, every transfer window, I expect them to just abandon uh, all their previous held uh, uh, restraint or comparative restraint and just go book wild. Um, What are we hearing about Newcastle and potential moves in this next window?
0: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one with Newcastle. I mean, every team has injuries, but they do very much seem to be going through a bit of a, a crisis there. And in the keeping department, I mean, Nick po- Nick Pope's got his dislocated shoulder, as needs he? to out for a, a long period. Debravka's come in, it's not really gone well. I mean, there's even talk now, Trev, that Debravka's got an injury. We'll have to see on their lineup all tonight realistically, which would leave. Good old Loris Karius is the only really fit goalkeeper, wouldn't it? In that regard, so been it we? Loris Karius depending on your Champions League hopes. Yeah, we'll say no more about that one. But yeah, the De Gea. I mean, he's still a free agent. He's not signed anywhere. He's not gone anywhere. So that's one to keep an eye on. And there is quite a few journalists that mentioned this. And maybe it is two and two and getting twenty-seven. But there's a logical link there, isn't it? And it, you know, to help them sort of push back into the Champions League spot. There's a lot of Understandable links there, yeah. And then what we talked about, and we used this as a Saudi example a while ago. New, um, Ruben Neves, I mean Ruben Neves, spoke publicly on this because he was asked about, you know, when we moved back to the Premier League, said unequivocally, "No, Trev, You know, he's on on camera during the interview, said, "Yeah, I heard about," and he quoted the links with Newcastle. I've heard about the links with Arsenal. No, my family's here. We're happy. We're settled here. That is not going to happen. So. Bit of an unusual one on the transfer show. We've got the player actually killing our room as dead. So, yeah, that's that one gone for Newcastle as well.
1: Ha! And what about, uh, United? Because United, uh, we, everything's up in the air. So we're not sure where we are with the whole Ratcliffe minority investment. Um, the, those, that particular goalposts have been moved so many times. I think they're, Is a rumour that it might be about to get done, but there were several of those so far. Um, There were a lot of, uh, let's say, Twitter journalist pub talkers uh, who have been saying all sorts of names. And of course, everyone's going to be saying all sorts of names because it's Manchester United a- uh, and it's the transfer window B uh, and I think a lot of United fans I was speaking to two of them today sort of exist in this strange um, twilight zone between acknowledging the huge amount of money that has been spent um, on on players and talking about how the Glazers are ruining the club and loading debt on it etc cetera, etc cetera, and holding out for whatever it is their valuation 10 billion or whatever um it's a weird 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 clusterfuck of a situation uh dave and i'm just gonna let you run on this because if i was to touch off everything you've mentioned here in your united link I, I i would be talking for the rest of the show so i just want to tee up you just take your time work your way through it but maybe if you could start there with the investment situation because that is you would imagine going to have an impact on what happens in january
0: yeah, Trev, if you want to take a 10-minute break at this point, just grab yourself a glass, one ice cube, a bit of Bushmills in there, you know I would not object at all, because this is what I am referring to in United terms as, for us, this is the sweet, sweet shit show of a club. Yes. Really like. Ratcliffe. I mean, this must be about the 36 headlines saying the investment's imminent and it's coming next week or the week after. So, the latest article like. And literally saying that the latest article like a can find says the week of the 18th, i.e. next week, this is when it's set to get announced. But we're all feeling deja vu to start with on this. It just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. It's insane. But then we come on to players. I mean, Clattenburg mentions that they also won Siracic Jurase. I it's pronounced the Stuttgart striker, you know, with that release clause that he suits them because of their FFP. So they will rival Newcastle. And Trev, I mean, come on. Who, you're talking a club that spent a billion on players that needs a whole new squad practically. It's just insane, isn't it? And then also in the last week or so, Miguel Delaney does a piece where every big name there you can mention, like Varane, Casemiro, and he quotes them, are up for sale. That he has info that United have touted him around. He does that in the Independent, so there's a bit of like, what is going on there? Then Plettenberg and Falk come out with the Sancho. Yeah, they're looking at options and they both put together the story about they're looking for a swap deal with Doniel Marlin at Dortmund and Sancho and money involved and they're trying to do that. Now, the latest suggestion on that is, whether it's true or not we'll never probably know, but they can't bridge the gap between how much money's wanted to to make it done there. But, yeah, I mean, the Sancho thing is just, it's an absolute mess, isn't it? And then Plettenberg doubles down on Tadebo to say they're still interested in him. And, you know, because Johnny Evans is playing a centre-back for them at the moment. So they've got that. And then my favourite story of the Hobble United show, Trev, is Ten Hag says this publicly, not an article, publicly, Trev, we're looking at renewals. For Lind and he mentions a few, but specifically Lindelof and Martial. Now we know how lazy and bad Martial has been recently, like everybody's watching Stevie Wonder can see how lazy Anthony Martial is up front. So the- he-, he says that publicly. And then a number of outlets, Trev, a number of outlets run the story that and probably the biggest one to say, it's our first Ornstein bomb of the January transfer window, or about the January transfer window. So Ornstein comes in. Manchester United will not be renewing Anthony Martial. I mean, people kind of bypass this, but the manager comes out publicly and says we're looking at, you know, renewing it. And then a week later, Ornstein and others do articles saying they're not. I mean, could, apart, apart from what's happened on the pitch, it's just another thing undermining Ten Hag, isn't it, realistically? It is just, it's brilliant for us but it's an absolute mess of a club track, just a mess in every single sense, but let it roll,
1: eh? Oh, let it roll. It's remarkable, by the way, we're recording this on the Wednesday night before the weekend match against said uh, club, Um, and it's I'm seeing the vast majority of stuff I'm seeing is incredibly dour and pessimistic and it doesn't matter that they're in shit because it's a one-off thing and remember when we used to be shit and they were great and we always used to beat them or we always stood a chance there's a lot of sort of dark negativity around the place but uh you know I <laughs> we just have to own like I said during the week about um uh, Pep Guardiola when he was whining and whinging about um how they don't get credit and if they lose the league they get battered and if Liverpool win they get celebrated and they're not expected to win it and it's like yeah, what's your point? That's right, stop crying. Own own your favourites tag. I'd like to see us, in this case, um, follow my own advice, own the fact that we are obviously uh, favourites to win the game. And if we don't, it will be a fuck-up of royal proportions on our part. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Now, we are going to finish with another club that are going to give us absolute crack uh, over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> a club that are doing their damnedest, Dave, to be a comparative level of shit show with United. But first, let's just stop off at Nottingham Forest because there was a time when Nottingham Forest just signed all the players. You might necessarily have known who the players were that they were signing, but they signed all of them. Um, it's not going so well here. They possibly may be having a look at the managerial situation. We know there are a couple of players who have... Or potential at least contract issues, um, and what's going to happen with Big Div and his arrangement there? Because I, but I guess that hasn't gone as swimmingly as maybe he'd have liked either. So a couple of little things there with the Forest story before we get to Chelsea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's not looking good for Steve Cooper, we have to say. I mean, it, it's well known he's kind of been on the edge after results. I mean, even today, Trev, there's been stories coming out that they're in talks with um Lopetegui, the former Wolves manager, you know, the, the Spaniard, and a few others. So, I mean, it, it's not looking good. And, I mean, the, the hemorrhaging goals are not really scoring many. And then uh, the story comes out literally last week that Cooper and the Forest, as it combined, are having contract disputes with two of their players. I mean, this is so bizarre that Worrell, centre-half, has had a dispute. So he's banished from the, the first-team training. Scott McKenna, the Scottish international, he's having a contract dispute as well with the club. So both of those two, who for a large period last season were the first-choice centre-half pair, are banished from first-team training and are being told, you know, go and find clubs elsewhere in, in January. So... If your manager's on the brink and your normal first choice end at halves are being told to find other clubs, it's not gonna be harmonious at all, is it? It's not looking good there. Now, there's an interesting phrase that you used there and Turner phrase you said, What's happening with Big Dib? Big Divokarigi, and maybe we're using that. The noises coming out of Forest are oh, they are looking to terminate that loan deal with Milan, but it's not gone well, despite the fact that use you know, pretty much out for a long period, Trev. And one of the reasons the fact you called him Big Divokarigi is his lack of training, quite a few people are saying. And Forrest consider him overweight as well, which is an absolute disgrace to the hero that is Divokarigi. But maybe just sums up where Forrest are. It's not looking good sort of on or off the field. So it will be interesting to see if they revert to type and try and sign. 86,000 players that no one's heard of in January. That is definitely one to keep an eye on.
1: Yes, uh, and to be fair to Forrest in this situation, I think we all saw the photos of Div when he arrived first, uh, looking as if he had several several large dinners uh, just before the shot was taken because it was a weird looking it was a weird looking thing to see on a, a, a top level professional uh, and of course a Reds legend. Um, but we move to Sweeney Todd and the boys. Oh, Pochettino, what is going on? Because, uh, you do get the feeling some people are reveling in this. I heard when people say, ah, Pochettino, the fraud has finally been caught out. Um, uh, he is mouthing off to the press, talking about his disappointment levels and, uh, how he needs to go and improve in the next transfer market. So, Sweeney's ears are pricking up there, uh, it would it would seem then that we are going to have all the big stories yet again focused around Todd Bowley and his um, ability to fire cash about the place. Um, we heard um, the uh, Napoli boy, Simeon, mentioned before. There are others. And now there's this story about the guy who I, it appears to be captaining them sometimes, um, Conor Gallagher, who's been now partly been linked with a move away. I'm completely confused as to what's going on at this um, football club. Um, what do you make of this Pochettino angle? He's clearly trying to ramp up Todd into a frenzy and get some, uh, get some spending going. What's your take on Chelsea and how central they're going to be to our next couple of weeks.
0: Trev, Pochettino, now naturally he's gone down in people's estimation thinking, oh my God, all these players you've got, like you're asking to spend more money. Let's be clear, in our transfer window frenzy, he's gone up in my estimation. Absolutely. The red rag to the ball of Sweeney Todd-like. And we were worried for a second this could be like a non-event for Chelsea-like. All the lights are green. This is go, go, go time for Sweeney Todd. I mean, Pochettino says, doesn't he, after another defeat for Chelsea? Like, essentially, we need players, we need to make something happen. You know, we need to talk to the relevant people and get things going. Brilliant. That's the first start of gun that we're absolutely looking for. Now, this is a, a Chelsea are in a very different situation now to so they were at the, the summer window. And what we mean by that is a lot of the players they were shipping out, if you think of like the the Keppers, the cooler Valleys, the Mendes, that type of thing, Trev. It was players that it just wasn't working. They weren't that great, happy there type of thing. Contracts may be ending, etc. like Pulisic. So we ship them on. Now Chelsea are in a different situation that, as you know, a lot of their players are now sat there on eight-year, seven-year contracts, on big, big money. So if they work out, that's great. You've got them tied up. You've got asset protection, all that. If it doesn't work out and they're not performing well, You've got a massive problem, which is now in the Chelsea mix, isn't it? So they've got a lot of assets that they're struggling, as you ask journos, to you know, even if they're touting them around to shift on, because these players say, "Well, I'm not going there for a lesser wage," and the clubs that are there going, "Okay, we, we, you know, you'd need to subsidise part of that type of thing as well," which isn't that attractive as well. So that plays into the mix. It's tougher, hence when they're looking at cashable assets. Connor Gallagher comes into the mix, Trev, and a lot, a lot of journalists have quoted that. I know I sound like Silver Black there, but a lot have, in all honesty, saying, This is a guy that you're right, has been captain, all those types of things, is on the chopping block, which sounds insane. Put it this way, as an analogy, people are unsure. Imagine us giving, as we did, Trent Alexander Arnold the vice captaincy in the summer and then saying it's for sale in January. It's just. That describes how batshit crazy this club is. And the other thing that a few journalists are saying is, if you look at their summer business, they don't think they've got the same outs they had last time. If you remember, a lot of Chelsea's players went to the Saudi league, didn't they? Like Koulibaly, Mendy, those types of players as well, Trev. And obviously there's always been this, hold on, Foley's Clearwater Capital, you know, with the links to Saudi, is that where the money's coming from? And those suspicions, naturally. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. Where do the offers come from, if any, for Chelsea players? So they want to make moves. They've got players now tied up on long-term deals. And and people get carried away with stuff because when the Premier League dis- this this vote about, you know, you can only amortise players' contracts over five years. Chelsea voted for it because they knew it was coming. They already knew it was coming and they've already saved the money they want to by doing the seven, eight year contracts early. So they're still going to save money down the line in the FSR, um, PSR, sorry, um, calculation and over the three years. So they're confident with that. In long story short terms, Trev, Sweeney Todd is still going to do a madness in January. I have fuck all idea what that looks like, but I am here for the ride and it's going to be beautiful, put it that way.
3: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere.
1: I think it is going to be beautiful. It's very interesting you mentioned that because I was going to come back in with I've got the perfect solution for those eight-year contract individuals who they th- think they can't move on. And it's two words, Saudi Arabia, because the only people who could possibly offer uh, wage parity if not the an increase um, and a wilder contract are those guys. And it's just, it could open up a whole new... Um, Era in this uh, project. If you had these younger stars now going out there, because they can't get a game for Chelsea, they, they're on an eight-year contract, they're they're suffering and they feel like their career is stifled, it could be very, very interesting. Um Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm all I'm all on board as well. Let's get on board the the, the Todd Bowley Express and see what happens, and let's get ourselves around. Europe and the rest of the world will start with a lad who uh, has a lot of uh, uh, credit in the Liverpool fan bank, and that's Luis Suarez. And I saw that for him absolutely doing madnesses for Grêmio, he just, he just looks incredible. But I've been reading a lot about the guy, uh, suffering terribly uh, with pain, especially I think in his knees and having to take all sorts of um, 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 treatments and and, uh, uh, preparations before playing any match. Now, you would like to think that it's not like the old days where Luis will be then, you know, hobbling by the time he's 40 and limping for the rest of his life. He can go and buy two new knees if he needs them, I guess. But there was talk about Inter-Miami. And I don't know, I'll I I i I'm, I'll admit to being completely in the dark as to how successful he was with Gremio in terms of did they do anything um, of note. I saw loads of goals by him, but I, I'm not going to pretend to be interested enough to go and look uh, at how Gremio are doing. So I don't know that. But that you can see the Inter Miami link makes perfect sense because he again is going to be able to play at that level and be very effective, maybe maybe as effective as anyone in that league. And he's gonna to get to have a run out alongside his old pal, who is still, you know, the all time great. So it does make sense this Suarez inter Miami move, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it really does. Like like you said, it almost feels like Inter Miami's now where uh Barcelona retirement playground isn't it with Busquets Messi Jordi Alba so this this would be you know another step in that but his interview like you mentioned there Trev it was fascinating because he talked about it literally that I can't really think of another way of describing it his body is a wreck as he says he has now he is in paid after games he has injections to play he was quite clear on that like you said he's even as well, his ankle, you know, his cartilage that you mentioned as well. It, it does sound like just a career in football, the knocks, the whacks have so caught up with him so much. I mean, he screams like joint replacements, doesn't he, after he's finished? So it's kind of an interesting one. It does feel like it's Miami or retirement, so to speak, realistically. So it will be interesting to see what he does, but out in the sun, the lifestyle, you could well see it, but if he does go, you get the feeling it's not going to be for too long, put it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean if if, if it's that difficult for the man to get around, uh, it seems it seems I think you're right. Another short spell, hopefully go out uh, with a last hurrah uh, and I I think like most people, wish him well and hope that he does exactly that. Bayern Munich we love talking about Bayern Munich and transfer windows uh, we saw uh, the Liverpool linked um, Falsy, so apparently, Paulina move, uh, falling through. Florian Wertz is another name that you've mentioned here that I've heard. Uh, I watched, um, uh, our favorite stand up comedian, Thomas Muller, last night, running around, still looking very spry. Um, but they do have Freund in place now. And it does seem as if, <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> I don't know if the guys like that feel they have to justify their positions as, as as very well renowned in their field, but I feel like there's going to be some Bayern Munich business uh, in the short term rather than you know sensible long-term planning. Maybe I'm being fanciful. What do we know about what they're planning to do? And is there any names outside the ones and including the ones that I mentioned? <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the craziness to think, listeners, about Germany and the way Bayern set up especially is nothing really comes out from Liverpool except Jurgen Klopp, as we know, Trev, in that regard. Imagine if Liverpool had Jurgen Klopp speaking and Jörg Schmack doing press conferences and Michael Edwards doing press conferences and then John Henry on the team. Like, It's such a almost a soap opera drama. And then think, they've got really Tommy Tuchel leading it all as well. So that, <laughs> adds into the mix. I mean, literally, Bayern's president, Haynes, comes out and says, we will be busy in January. We're looking at multiple reinforcements. The president of the club coming out and saying that really clearly. So, not really another way to take that. And obviously, people have linked to say Paul Plettenberg, that Paulina is still on the agenda, but people have debate that. Vert, but saying very much Vert is not Likely this summer, it will be the summer after. They think he'll stay at Leverkusen for for this summer. So they're naming names. And, you know, Tommy Muller, as you said, that Freund and the president have come out and said, yeah, we'll do renewal talks. We're trying to do those with Tommy. So, you know, it's publicly clear what Bayern are doing. And then speaking of publicly, after they get mauled at the weekend, and I mean mauled 5-1 by Antoine Frankfurt, absolutely battered. Freund's on a TV show. Actually, on a TV station like a Sky Sports style in Germany, and says, "Yeah, we," and he used the words in translation. We need to do serious business in January, and I love the way you put this quote out as well. It won't be boring. That's the like or <laughs> the sporting director of the club saying it won't be boring January, which seems madness, but is music to our ears as well, isn't it, Trev? Let's be honest, and then. The other big one that's come out, and this is a name that quite a few were starting to circulate, Tommy Tuchel once, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, from Barcelona, Ronald Arujo, I think it's pronounced, the Uruguayan centre half, mm-hmm. very quick, been debate about 24, been debates about you know right back, centre back is the best position, but that as quite a few have said, Tuchel is enamoured and has spoken to Arujo and very much is you know trying to convince him, and because of Barça's famous financial situation that if they can't get it done in January very much this is the ultimate top target for the summer which again just seems insane I mean they've had some bad score lines. don't get me wrong but for a club that has spent this much money in the last few years on Upa Meccano the Dutch centre-back De Ligt Matthias and Kim as well in the summer I mean they've spent fortunes especially in that area and very much looking at recruiting Defenders, and, as you see, Sevilla to be a six, which he's talked about, but it's just that whole bizarreness of that club that has the soap opera where all the main characters do public interviews, go on TV shows like Sky Sports Style, and then, I mean, we talked about it the other week, if you haven't seen it, we can't recommend it enough, me and Trev, that Tommy Tuchel interview with Lota Mateus in Sky Germany, where we saw his arse, it's just, it's a beautiful three or four minute clip, you really should see that, but Bayern, in a great way are a soap opera of a club and they're going to give us material all January Trev simple as that
1: yeah it really looks that way and and, and they are as reliable as Chelsea uh, for all of that kind of thing very strange um, kind of a flex that would be for them to go and get that, uh, Rougeau kid, um, over Barca. Maybe Barca have run out of levers. They've, uh, who knows what's going on there. They just need to cash in on a few old, uh, a few shekels. We'll finish with the story of Mr. Frimpong, um, as we did with the pre, on the previous show, I believe, because again, a highly sought after talent. There is a release clause there one of the clubs we've mentioned already are being mentioned again and we know they're gonna be looking to do business. What do we know about this guy?
0: Yeah, both Plettenberg and and even you know, Bill, quite a few have said this that I mean, Leverkusen are flying high on Dejavi, aren't they? Right at the, the top of the league, they're doing sensationally. This boy has been kind of the the right back of the Bundesliga, shall we say, Jermaine mean, Pong, that he has a release clause for twenty twenty-four. All the big hitters, or the great majority, I should say, the big biggest in Europe are aware of this, like United, even we've been touted, Chelsea, you know, because of the relief clause, because of the talent. So pretty much everyone is sticking their house and not for right now. This is a long term mortgage style bet, but all the smart money says, Ping Pong has major interest and makes a major move in 2024 summertime.
1: Now, just to wrap us up, and this is not something that you've included, but I just was wondering, having watched, I've sort of fallen into of the habit of watching um, other lads football uh, recently in recent couple of years, but I, the last couple of weeks I've, I've been watching a bit. And I was aware very much as I was watching the game last night of Yoko, who was previously linked with Liverpool, And the fact that he looked really good in the highlights package that I saw, uh, like a really self-possessed player. I was fully expecting, Dave, to just click on, because that's how these things work, right? Some lad will get an ocean like me, except he's got a journalistic platform or 80,000 followers or something, and just put out a story that that gets made up. I was fully expecting that one. Did you have similar suspicions on the back of what was a good performance last night from a player that we were previously linked with?
0: Yeah, it's, there's two to be honest, Trev. That all the suggestions we've been asking around are very much that Liverpool, not necessarily are imminent or moving, but have serious, concrete interest for for a future move. And like you said, one of them is Bakayoko, the Belgian winger. Is it PSV? Who's you know got a lot of skills, a lot of things we like, and left footer who plays on the right wing. And the other, which Sam McGuire did a good piece on him recently. Is Max Bayer the Hoffenheim forward as well? Twenty-one, having a really good season there, a real sort of breakout. And both of them have got pace to burn, especially Bayer, I and mean, he's got the fastest recorded pace in the Bundesliga. He can play anywhere across the front line. Back Yoka, we very much looked at as well. Say the the right winger with the left foot. Oh, that seems to be his prime position. As a lot of journos or people that we've asked and harassed have said, does it mean anything imminent? But Liverpool seriously, seriously like these two talents. They've been watched already. Probably wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're watched, analysed again. And it really, really would be very minimal surprise if a move for either of these happened in the summer. I wouldn't put any good money on it whatsoever, Trev, in Jan. But in the summer, these are definitely names to keep on the radar 100%. Tremendous.
1: Just, trying to throw a little fluff out there at the end of what has been 48-minute show. I'll tell you what, more information per square inch than you're going to get elsewhere. As ever, Dave's done the prep, so we get to run through these topics at the rate of knots. We could, I guess, at any point derail and go off down various rabbit holes and have little chats, but we're more on this show. I think Dave will agree with me about trying to present you with as much stuff as possible. Uh, We keep the, the opinion to a minimum, and try to get the information uh, and speculation to a maximum that's what this show is all about that's what we're going to be about throughout the window as it's actually a functional thing and not some ghost in the future that we're talking about but as ever all that remains for me to say is dave thanks very much
0: magic loved it mate as ever
2: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically